Because like she re- she released that book under her own name, then she releases Surprise, another book, which is probably loads better under a pseudonym. <laughs> what the hell? Sorry, a bird flew into the window. I was like, Are you okay? <laughs> that was a great okay. ab on the podcast. <laughs> Well, Zach. <laughs> it's more difficult though. Not as well though. No, we're not that good at clapping. <laughs> we do our best. I think we'll probably open the show with the bird flying into the window. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we may as well. It's like the ravens are here. <laughs> the ravens are here. Oh, yes. God. Or maybe that's just how we should start every like Twitter segment from now on. <laughs> like the ravens are here. Don't ah! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it picked up the thud. Oh, I don't, I'm sure you can look. enhance the the thud. Yeah, yeah, I'll <laughs> seriously look for that. But anyway, how do we begin? How do we begin this? They're on the road to nowhere. When in doubt, Selena. Clearly, <laughs> somebody is trying to send you a message. Why wasn't your window open? <laughs> I know it was my Hogwarts letter. <laughs> you should always leave your window open, Selena. It's true. Has Just Peter Pan for us nothing? The random owl or mm. raven that's that's coming your or way. Pigeon, as it's the how it it's done here in Norway, Sweden. Yes. <laughs> Wherever the hell do I you am. Carrier <laughs> pigeons. Pigeons there. Yeah. That's what it is. Are they like? Are there laws not to feed the pigeons in Norway? Um, no. But you know what? I did hear this bizarre, this bizarre thing about ducks, which has nothing to do at all with Game of Thrones. But I just heard it the other day, and it blew my mind. So apparently, ducks are like really tranquil creatures. But then you feed them, and they flock to like they mate for life and crap like that. And then you feed them, they flock together, and they go like manic and start like ganging up on each other and killing each other over so, food. Yeah, no, no, just in general. Like, it makes them crazy. So don't feed the ducks, everybody. PSA. Jesus. <laughs> you know, as a, as a child, my parents would always take me to feed the ducks. We would give them, yeah. you know, well, leftover bread That's funny stuff. because the article said, well, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, the, it's like terrible for the ducks because they go all mental and they form gangs and they gang up on like the, the leaf duck ducks. Gangs? But then, they, yeah, duck. yeah, duck gangs, right? But then they said, oh, but you know, that they asked the scientists, they were like, why haven't you like spread the word about this? And they were like, oh, well, you know, it's such fun for the kids to feed them. It's <laughs> <laughs> like priorities. Screw the ducks. People. It's all about the kids. Kids. We're gonna let we're gonna interspecies annihilation. We're gonna allow ducks to kill each other and right, start for smoking our cigarettes. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is oh bad. my god. This I is- could make if 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 we were talking about book five, I could make such a good transition right here. Sadly, we're Ooh, only really? on book two, so I can't. Really, are uh, there duck gangs in book five of A Song of Ice and Fire? Is that a new threat? Oh, from I wasn't Beyond even thinking wall? about that transition. There's so many I could make with this. There's oh my god, duck sauce. We'll have Don't to forget about him. <laughs> That's oh, true. But. He's uh, hopefully suffocated in a chamber somewhere, right? Um, Last uh, we left him. Yeah, in the show. Unless he oh found my some gosh. Mm-hmm. Wait, I, re- I recall now you saying that it happened a little differently in the books. Uh-huh. We're not quite oh, at that wow. point yet, but the faster yeah. we read, the faster we'll get there. Oh, right. That'll be this book. Yay. And on the topic of this book, this is Game of Owns. Game of Owns. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> we are a podcast. Sometimes. We are, we're back along the road. I thought we were reading... on a podcast when Zach was here to tell us that we were a podcast. That's it's, true. We do tend to forget. Uh, we have mm. to be reminded from time to time. I'm going um, to put a little piece of paper and tape it to uh, my screen that says we are Your a face. podcast. I am a podcast. So I can, I, can rem- I am a podcast. Mm. Um, but uh, we're back along the road to reading uh, Game of Thrones, A Clash of Kings. After a short break, um, during the week last week, we had uh, Christian Naren came on 
and spoke with us. A good episode. Which is fun. He told us all about season four. That's a lie. He teased. He told us nothing about <laughs> season four, but he teased yes. it very well. We know nothing, Jon Snow, about no. season four. Um, I heard a few things in there that were that were interesting to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I'll that I'll just uh, let be. But mm-hmm. I'm I was disappointed I didn't get to uh, to come on the show last week. Uh, you know that thing called work is always getting in the way. And yes, I, I have this track record with with Christian. I don't think I've been on all but maybe one show that that he's been on. Right. Over the uh the the year plus that we've done this podcast. So I I, I don't think it's meant to be. Yeah, uh, you have this good track record where you're on like six episodes in a row. Then when Christian's on, you're not. I think it's time to tell people and reveal to them that you're actually secretly Christian. <laughs> it um, is true. And That's also Sam. Is. And also Batman. Yeah. Well, maybe not Sam. Batman, <laughs> it's possible. Uh, Sam is just a, uh, a friend of the show that uh, comes on from time to time uh, when uh, the situation calls for it. He always no, likes I to imagine with Sam. Cents. I imagine it's like a kind of a quarrel mort situation where you just like turn your head like exorcist style and like Sam appears and speaks into the microphone. <laughs> that is creepy. Mike, <laughs> never shave the back of your head. Actually, I got a haircut on uh, Saturday. Oh, so. no. Oh, me Sam too. is revealed. Me too. Yeah. Yep. Did you get it? Like, how short do you like it? How, how short is your haircut? <laughs> it was buzzed. I, oh, I me too. Me too. We got to take a picture. We got to get separate pictures and closet. The back of our heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did the buzz cuts. People are having nightmares about how I transform myself uh, into Sam for parts of the show (laughs) and then transform back. I'm actually kind of nervous to see what I look like when I do that now. I don't ever want to be in front of a a mirror or a reflecting piece of glass. (laughs) God. That's one for the live oh. show that you all can look forward to. Yeah, I mean, imagine when we do a live show, what that's going to look like. <laughs> You're gonna have I to like get imagine... under the table and do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that or I'm gonna get one of those like a paper mask and just have it glued to a popsicle stick, and you hold it up in front of you, and and, mm. and it has the likeness of Samuel Tarley on it. I think that would be probably safest for the children. Yeah, um, you know, probably the best thing to do. You know what's funny though is speaking of Samuel Tarley. When I read this chapter, I uh, which was in the Arya chapter, um, mm-hmm. there was a line by Hot Pie which I just I could not read it in anything but Micah's voice. Um, <laughs> like I, I'm sorry, Sam's voice. Um, and I'm just gonna paste it to you right here, Micah, if you want to send it, pass it along to Sam. Um, which was this? It was such a Sam line. I couldn't even. I never truly kicked no boy to death, Ari. I just sold my mummy's pie. She's all. Oh yay! <laughs> Sam does happen. requests. Everybody, we're gonna do. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna have karaoke night next time. And yeah. at the we Leaky do have. We have karaoke Fridays. Yeah, he did. So Sam admitted to, or not Sam, <laughs> Hot Pie admitted that that was actually uh, just an attempt, and it worked at intimidation. I when love he told Hot the story Pie. of kicking the boy to death. Hot Pie, I don't care for for him. Not even Why? a little bit. In the, sh- in the show, he's a like? little. In the show, he's sympathetic, but these are all kind of misfits, and they have like there's this code and this camaraderie, but Hot Pie isn't quite there yet. Um, so I haven't warmed to him, but uh, I, I don't. I don't know. It's like I don't like not like him. I just. Right. There's no point in having really having an opinion on him, though. Let's get honest. Yeah, yeah. Right. Currently, there's not really a point. Whereas Gendry, or as the um, narrator of the audiobook calls him, Gendry, <laughs> is very off-putting. Um, Gendry is has sort of like a cult status in this chapter. He's, I know. He's the bull because he's wanted by the queen, and he doesn't know why. 
Um, but the boys are all kind of like, oh my God, what's he, what did he do? He's badass. And he's got um, that helmet too. That's like so weird. The helmet, which he always polishes, but never wears. Yeah. I know. What do once. you guys think is about is that helmet's about? Michael, it's just a think? bull of a man. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. <laughs> no, I, I I just think uh it's something that he took great pride in creating. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well it fits him, so he can't like at the same time he can't like not wear it, you know, from time to time. Like he molded it to fit himself. I don't know why he chose the bull. Um it may be revealed a little later. But it is cool and it is his his thing. You know that that he's seen with, and for a while, remember before his name was known, he would they just called him the Bull. Um, it's not a bad name. No, no bulls are it's kind are of fierce. like the Rock. <laughs> the Bull. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I agree. It's a very strong name. Gendry for president, everybody. But I wish twenty sixteen. Surprisingly, yeah, I mean, he needs another uh, nineteen years. I think you have to be like thirty five to to run, and he needs citizenship. And citizenship. Natural That'll be the harder thing to, to come by. Oh, yes. So right. he's out. Sorry, Gendry. Sorry, Gendry. You can't try be president. Try it in the UK. <laughs> yes. Yes, try it there. You think like Westeros Selena will like vote a- for you, that's for sure. I will. All the way from Sweden. Mail <laughs> <laughs> in her vote. Yeah. It would be an absentee ballot. On crayon. Um, I wanted to ask a question about this chapter in particular because not a whole lot happens, but I felt it, it was one of those chapters that kind of sets the tone as to what is going on, not just for Arya in particular, but really for a lot of characters in in this particular book overall. Just from everything that Arya is witnessing Mm. and everything that she's going through, it really kind of shows the environment uh, that has been created in most parts of Westeros. I think that's fair to say because they are traveling. Don't they go by that um, there's somebody up in a tree with a bow? And, and as soon as he sees them, he grabs an arrow and it's pointed at them until he sees like the last wagon over the horizon. Yeah. Your comments about him too. So well, people that, are really the fires and everyone dying. Oh right, and the fires I had forgotten. Momentarily. And the woman yeah. with her arm cut off and and the, the baby. Yeah, these it's villages have been chapter. raped and pillaged. You know what? It okay. kind of reminded me of Aragon. Do you remember that uh, chapter of Aragon? If you've read it, where they go into the 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 no. village and it's all. Burnt I've and deleted those dead. books from memory. Okay then. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sorry. Wow. I, I no no. I the first one I read was okay. Then just I'm not yeah. really sure what happened after that. And I remember reading the final one. There were supposed to be three. Then there were four, uh, and there should have probably just been three, or maybe mm-hmm. one, just like the movie. Well, at um, least you read them. You have a good uh, you have a good uh, knack for actually reading and finishing new books. <laughs> which we were talking about earlier. Yes. Um, but back to traveling the countryside, I wanted to talk about that woman that they find. Um, the the woman who keeps saying, is it please? Please? Yeah, is please, she saying, please, please help? Please. please. Um, because I wondered, and, and Arya, we see it to a much kind of vague, more vague extent than, than Bran, um, who's having these visions and dreams. But when they end up burying the lady, um, Arya... They bury her under a uh, weeping, is it weeping weirwood or weeping willow tree? Willow yeah, mm-hmm. Arya feels like she hears the woman still saying please once she's been buried under this tree, perhaps through the tree or through the wind, whispers in the wind, she still hears it. And I'm wondering if really that wasn't a supernatural experience that Arya encountered in this chapter. Are you are you talking about because of the I... Stark's tie to... The dire wolves, you feel like they have this almost sixth sense about them. Sixth sense, 
Yes. And, and we see it later on in the chapter when, when Arya goes to pee and she runs into this pack of wolves. And yeah, and they don't they, eat her. They somehow don't do anything to her. Yes, yeah, somehow. That was pretty significant. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I, I think I think both Bran and Arya have this sixth sense, or and maybe because they're Starks, maybe not. Mm-hmm. You know, I you think could throw the, Rickon in there as well. Well, the wolf thing. Yeah. The wolf thing would definitely is Rickon has Rickon manifested that yet? Have we seen mm-hmm. that? I'm, when he had the dreams, uh, Bran and Rickon had the same dreams about. Oh right, of dying. course. Okay, so the young Stark children, then it would seem to be a Stark thing. The wolf thing would seem to be more of a Stark thing. And we know they worship the old gods, which were in the trees. But the tree thing, I don't know. I just wondered if it, like, if that woman's spirit or somehow was sucked into the tree, however that would happen. It just seemed to me like well, that was where, where he was going with it in the writing. Maybe. I mean, the way I saw it, and I could be totally wrong, I'm not sure if that thing, like women and the spirits and stuff like that, is really what. George R. R. Martin, the kind of story that he's trying to tell, but I, I, the way I saw it, I just thought it was her sort of letting her fears get the best of her because she does say in this chapter that she was afraid, you know, she does admit it. And I think she's very, very haunted by these experiences, but I definitely think there's a point to be made that something supernatural is going on with Arya and the other Stark children. And I think probably the wolf encounter is the more, the more obvious instance of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what is funny though I was reading this chapter and, and Micah you're absolutely right you said that, that there's sort of a, a sense of you get a, a real sense for the tone of the story and I, I read this passage which was uh, Arya recalling the story that old Nan had told her and it really sort of sort of stuck with me it, it, it said um, she remembered a story old Nan had told once about a man imprisoned in a dark castle by evil giants he was very brave and smart and he tricked the giants and escaped but no sooner was he outside the castle than the others took him and drank his hot red blood. And I just thought, isn't that just Game of Thrones? I mean, isn't that just I mean, isn't <laughs> out that just of the Game frying of Thrones pan. in a nutshell? Yeah, out of the frying pan and into the fryer. In normal stories, in every normal story, whether it's fairy tales, whether it's whatever kind of story, when you're reading it, you expect that kind of payoff for the hero because that's the entire the hero's journey joseph campbell all that stuff it's that he goes into he's imprisoned he escapes because he's brave and smart and then he lives happily ever after except in george r R. martin's world there the stories are yeah this you know he would get out and get um ripped Mm -hmm. apart by others after he has really like victory the the moral of the story is like (laughs) yeah it's like love your captors or love your captivity because there's much worse out there for you uh, that waits in the shadows. The night is dark and full well, of terrors. Maybe, maybe not for Theon. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, maybe maybe you're right. But I was just thinking in terms of the whole this the entire A Song of Ice and Fire saga. I mean, he George is basically telling us what kind of story it's going to be. It's going to be exactly like this twisted fairy tale with a terrible, terrible ending. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that that particular hero was safe when he was with the giants. It may not have been. Freedom. You know, the five-star hotel he was hoping for, but he gets away and it only results in his death yeah, anyway. He, he was smart was and he tricked the giants time. and he won his battle. You know, you see it, it's Bilbo and the giant and the trolls all over again. He was smart, he was crafty, he got away from the trolls. If Bilbo had then been trampled by a wild horde of like, I don't know, <laughs> elephants, then, you know, or what are they called? Elephants? Then that would have been this type of story, you know? It's also a matter of perspective because to the smart and wise man, the giants were his enemy. Um, 
you know, and the story was pretty short, so we don't know what kind of relationship they really had. But the real <laughs> enemy ended up the real enemy ended up being what ate him. Uh, you know, yeah. the the giants at least he had some sort of a, a, either agreement in captivity or it's just there was much <laughs> worse out there. I think we're looking much so, too much into it. <laughs> I think for Arya though, for Arya, she just has to when people take her, and I'm thinking ahead to when the the band the Brotherhood's brother without banners um take her and she sees them as you know her enemy you have to kind of do you have to realize you just have to bear it kind of and and go with the flow a lot better than i think the story moral is if there is one go go with the flow um you know the man escaped he met a fate worse than what his fate was when he was in captivity it clearly wasn't the right time to escape from the prison well, you could probably apply that to a lot of different characters in this series. You mentioned Arya. She's with the Brotherhood. And she runs away only to get captured by the Hound. So both of those situations turn out not to be that bad mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And they're actually more positive than her being with Tywin uh, or any Lannister for that matter. But it's just, um, I think, these little stories that are thrown in by old nan in particular when those stories are always recalled throughout the course of the uh the series i think they're little nuggets that are worth paying attention to there's no oh, absolutely question about it. and i think this one i mean other than just you know sort of echoing the the stories of the characters i think it really is also just a case of setting the tone of the whole series saying this isn't a fairy tale this isn't going to be unrealistic it's going to be entirely realistic and that no one's going to get a happy ending just because the story calls for it which is sad yeah i mean i'm pretty much at this point i want to bookmark every page that old nan has mentioned or highlight everything because i'm I'm retaking it as scripture really all of these stories um that end up having implications or you know share the the same motif theme with events of, of of the chapter of that are happening to our to our characters so let's talk about this, uh, these guys, um, and the journey a little bit closer because are they running from specifically from the gold cloaks? Aren't they? Uh, yes. I don't know that they're no. running from them. I think that they're obviously aware of the fact that they could be upon them at any time and they have to move as quickly as possible to get into an area where they would be less of a threat to them. Okay. Yeah. And it's also just a case of the fact that, I mean, as uh, Joran said, he's been taking the King's Road for however many years, but the truth is, after Robert's death, the King's Road just isn't safe anymore. Not just from the, the cloak people. <laughs> Why could I not remember that? But gold not cloak. just from, yeah, gold cloaks, but from every single faction of the, the fight that are there. Everyone's at war right now. And the Night's Watch is, is apart from it. They don't have any allies, but. Joran is just a bunch, a guy with a bunch of kids. You know, they're extremely exposed. Yeah. And they're not very good at their jobs. I think that's showcased just by the fact that Arya can get around a lot of the sentries to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, the fact that there are sentries, um, you right. know, it, but it's all since the encounter with the gold cloaks um, that this has happened where there are now more obstacles for Arya to, to go past. When she has to pee. Yeah, poor Arya. She's still pretending to be a boy. I had a question because she asked, um, was that Hot Pie stopped her the first time she had to go out and tried to go out? And she said she had to pee and he was just like, just use that tree over there. What if she had said she had to do the other thing? Number two, like she could have been granted permission to go sit down. It wouldn't have been awkward. Like she had to go back to her 
bed and pr- pretend to be sleeping because she said pee instead of poo. Well, like, these are the kinds of things. No, we, no, no, that's no, not what it was. It was because she couldn't. Like they, they, he was just saying, if you need whatever business you need to do, you need to stay inside the circle but she couldn't do that because then they would find out she was a girl well, I don't, not really she could have turned her back i mean if she's squatting it's just i i don't know but that i guess i i just <laughs> have to digress analysis no but yeah that's I, you're, not you're it. <laughs> trying to find a way around it i i understand what you're saying and uh she can still squat like guys squat okay through, that's just through. you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't get it well she's not, dis- she- not it's not a, a discussion point that's necessarily relevant i don't think no, all right, so Arya, whatever. Arya's still having trouble figuring out how to get away, so that's a shame. Sentries, though, going back to the gold cloaks uh, and, and Yorin's, um fear of them, we know that there will be a confrontation uh, shortly, unfortunately. But this is also not the same King's Road that we are accustomed to, uh, seeing a ton of men on horseback riding down this huge expanse of uh, road. This, unfortunately, in this point, the King's Road is, I think it's like two people wide, and it's so narrow and so twisting through this field that at one point they encounter, was it an ox or men carrying wood? And the only way they can't go around or go through, the men with the ox have to like turn around and go back where they came from. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand, but the road is- a small is- road. It's a small road. It's not, it's a shadow of what the road is closer to King's Landing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it all just ties into the kind of the overarching theme of what is going on in this particular book and how dangerous things are. You know, the fact that you can barely work your way down a road without having to worry about the person who's walking beside you or who's going in the other direction. The fact that these people are you know, really fending for themselves, you know, they're hunting and gathering and there's a, there's a real dire nature to the situation that they're in. You know, this is not where we left off, um, you know, with Arya, even in King's Landing where things were somewhat okay and maybe not being the best in the world, but you know, they're in, they're in a very uh, tough spot and they constantly have to look over their shoulder now because of what happened with the gold cloaks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's tough. And I think, you know, we talked about the woman earlier and, and her baby and really the that whole scene that they come upon. And I think a lot of that has to do uh, with the work of the mountain and, you know, the Lannister troops. And that has to be another really, uh, you know, st- tough spot for Yorin to be in, knowing that he's coming upon all these towns and villages that have been you know, plundered and pillaged and all these women and, and, and men and children have been killed and raped in some cases because it's it's almost like he's walking around by going down the King's Road and maybe walking right through a lot of, of Lannister men. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I kind of need, um, you know, I rely, I've come to rely on your analysis to, to, to put this in perspective. That's because, scary. No, no, no. I, I don't know. <laughs> Because I don't know who the hell is killing these people. It's not explicitly stated in the chapter. No, but I, I think just from the knowledge that we've gained uh, yeah. through through other people's perspectives and other chapters, mm-hmm. um, not just in this particular book, but in A Game of Thrones as well, when Ned hears about what's happened and he condemns um, you know, the mountain to die and he sends yeah. Beric Dondarrion out after him. Uh, this is his these are his tactics. These are this is the way that 
um, you know, he goes about his business. These are the directives that he receives from Tywin Lannister, and he has no qualms about acting on them. Now, mm-hmm. That's not to say that there aren't other soldiers and that that, that act this way and, and take these types of tactics, but I think these are the, these are the clear marks of somebody like the Mountain. Yeah. Well, uh, a further question I had really is why they even pick up the women to begin with. Clearly, it is a human thing to do, and it is the right thing to do to save lives, to care for the woman and child. But they're going to the wall where girls aren't allowed. Um, you know, they're on a very specific mission with new recruits for the wall. Yorin has been doing this for 30 years. Why are they well- necessarily get picking up? Women, you know, they're already having to forage for for their food, and it's like important um, to continue to, to, to it's go. The right thing to do, yeah. Is it well, not a conflict of interest, though? Is no, it not? I think, I think that's. I mean, the the fact that you're asking this question, I think, is really interesting because it just shows sort of the nature. You become of, George. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just shows the nature of the Game of Thrones series, doesn't it? Because you you are absolutely right. In Game of Thrones, very 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 few characters would do this. But I think that Yorin probably is one of them. And I think that the Night's Watch, you know, you see this with kind of their general, their general, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like Varys, but not, this is going to sound, people listening are like, what? How dare you? But <laughs> my point is that the, the Night's Watch is looking out for the realm. They aren't trying to ally themselves with anyone. They're just trying to protect the realm. This baby and this woman are the realm, you know, as Yorin walks past them. I was, and, and you're right, because when I read that, when I read they came back out with these two, and I think it's a, it's a point that George made that they were both female. You know, it's not like Yorin is like, oh, here's a few more recruits. This is really right. him sort of, and I was like, what? Why are they doing this? Like, it didn't make sense he mentions to me. Cause... Looking, he mentions looking for more recruits, like mm-hmm. during the road. It's like, well, sometimes we pick up but other. You know. My point was just that I think that, that this just shows that there are still decent people in Westeros and that we should not forget that. Yeah, uh, I, I think that that's, that's a very good point. And we don't know necessarily what the fate of the child will be, but we know that the the woman, unfortunately, died along yeah. the way. Now, one question uh, that I had, this goes back to a point that was raised earlier, was about this archer. Did anybody think of Angai? I mean, I know that there are... <laughs> Plenty of archers along the King's Road, but I just thought that maybe through a stroke of luck, that would be who it was. Angai? Yes, the uh, the archer that we come to know better in uh, oh, season three. Oh, perhaps. Doesn't he have a green cloak he's described as having a green? Is that just my mind playing tricks on me? No, he is. Oh. Um, and he perhaps was at an inn earlier on in mm. this book. We talked about that as well. I don't know. It's interesting. It's also so, an Arya chapter, I believe, right? Yeah. Well, then it makes – I don't know. This guy seemed he's just to be like her. a he, – he seems <laughs> like he's following her, but really he should just be defending that tree. Like I assume that way he was – He's a, defending uh, the tree. <laughs> well, I assume he was defending the land. Just that, that one the tree. tree. Was, it was, no, I assumed he was one of the landowners okay. who was just defending his area. But okay. for him to have also been at the inn means that that's not the case. Yeah, but we're they could be two completely different people at this point. We don't right. know, and I don't know that we'll ever find out. So right. another question I had was, why do they keep referring to Yorin as the old man? Mm. Is it just that he's older than they are? I just I just found it weird that they never called him Yorin. They call him by anything but that. They fear him. 
in a little bit. I mean, he is he is an, he is the authority figure. You just have other names for authority figures. I also think um, it it could be a point of just emphasizing just to the reader his age because he does say, you know, I've been doing this for however many years he says it is. I 30, don't remember. 30. Yeah, thirty years. So he's seasoned. He's he's not the sprightly, you know, young recruit that he used to be. <laughs> and he's probably it's probably also to say that if they were under attack, they're a bunch of you know, rapers and, and, and poachers and whatever else, and this old guy. That's all they have. Yeah, well, how about his track record? I mean, Yorin says he's only lost three people. I know. Three people in 30 years of He's the kind of, of taking, guy you want to stick with. Yeah, three people in, in 30 years of going to and from the wall. I think I'd have to give my own to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's a good own, I think. Can we share owns? Because I, I kind of wanted that one, too. Um <laughs> Well, yes, but Selena cannot join in because oh, then okay. uh, we would be breaking our rule of having all of us sharing the same <laughs> the same own, which I believe only happened on one other episode, which was fairly recent, right? It was a couple weeks ago, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And then we made all sorts of rules that we'll probably never abide by. Let's <laughs> right. face it: this is Game of Thrones. Nobody abides by no. any rules ever. There are no rules. Um, just, yeah, even better. So, but that's okay then, because I have two owns. So we'll make up for it then. Oh, wow. Look at that. I have a quote by it, which isn't really, it's kind of a solemn own, but I just thought it was written really, really well when it said, she tried so hard to be brave, to be fierce as a wolverine and all, but sometimes she felt like she was just a little girl after all. Aria. And the second one. Wolverine. Wolverine. I know, right? Um, (laughs) What is this, X-Men? Yeah. And the second one was a... I don't know if this is how you pronounce his name, but I say Jorge, but I'm sure it's probably <laughs> Rorge. Um, Rorge. That could also be good, but Jorge. Ror- Rorge. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jorge said, called Arya a lumpy faced, lumpy head rabbit killer, and it made me laugh, and then I felt mean. <laughs> so they. Lumpy, lumpy head, lumpy faced rabbit killer. Uh huh. Oh, no, I, yeah, ha- I have another thing. Oh, go on. Well, she's, she picked up the rabbit. She bit, she. We she beat did. the rabbit with a stick and she picked it up she, by the ears and then there was soup. She did. I had this really, really random thing that I noted that I thought might be foreshadowing, um, such as it's done in, in Game of Thrones, when it says, As the world darkened, the fire seemed to grow brighter and brighter until it looked as though the whole north was ablaze. See, here I thought they were coming in view of the comet because the comet <laughs> is still is still being still mentioned. And then I was strong. like, oh no, the village is on fire. Yeah. I was like, oh great. Because then they walk all through it. Um, that reminds me though, I, I guess I can, I'm going to change my own. Um, I'm going <laughs> to give my own to the, the poachers because the people who were convicted poachers who are now recruits for the wall are now given the freedom to go out and poach some more <laughs> to get every, they're the ones that are bringing home the deer and the rabbits and everything for everybody to eat. So here's to having a profession and, and being good at what you do because it's keeping all these other recruits alive. Cool. Well, this is the owns section that keeps on going. Do we have anything from Twitter or Facebook? All right. And uh, we also have some owns here, courtesy of our Twitter account. One, Roger Koenig. Hmm. Hopefully, um, I feel like I say that with every name. (laughs) If I screwed it up, I'm sorry. Let me know somehow. Um, Roger says, my own for Aria 3 goes to Aria. (laughs) Surprise. For admitting that she is scared in the moment with hot pie. Hashtag fear cuts deeper than swords. Mm. Mm. Was she really scared or was she just telling that to hot pie in order to 
get out of the situation she was in. Uh, you know what? I think it it was kind of more than that. More of that. I think she was scared. She 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 was scared, but bringing it up, admitting that kind of vulnerability endears others to you. Um, I think who that's are also true. Scared. I think that's definitely definitely a good point. But I also think there was like one of those rare moments when Arya, you know, like the Wolverine quote, you know, she's she's it's getting real <laughs> for her. She's really feeling affected. I think I thought it was. I th- I really love that moment. I hope it's. I hope she was actually you know saying her true feelings about being scared because it really endeared me to her even more. Yeah. I agree. Diana Croissant asked us to uh, learn how to pronounce her name. <laughs> She's not French. Just a little oh. follow-up comment there. So, Diana Croissant? You're going to have to send, send us a guide. Phonetic pronunciations. Yes, please. I, I'm going to guess it's Croissant then, since it's not please, Croissant. Please include. Yes, but I think it is Koenig, uh, Micah, Roger Koenig, who, speak before, who spoke before. Um, but those who follow us on Twitter um, know... And those who listen to the show know even more that we ask for owns every time before we do these episodes. So please, please, if you wish to be a part of this show, please, please know that you can send owns to us at any time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks in a year, people. Seriously. Take a little bit of time if you wish, and we will read your own. So, hey, on Twitter, you can find us at twitter.com slash game of owns we also have the facebook wall open to all posters we do accept owns on there as well that's facebook.com slash game of owns and you can email us at contact at game of and if you're really quiet when you're out in the woods you might be able to hear eric's please echoing through the silence Please. Owns. Send please. us your owns. Please. That's going to haunt my dreams now. <laughs> moving mm. forward. And there you got a perfect threat, too. And speaking of uh, that email address, contact at gameofowns.com, which never changes, right, Eric? It always stays the same. So far. <laughs> over uh, over 100 episodes, it is still the same email address. Yes. Uh, we did get one email from BG McLovin, <laughs> who, let's face it, that's a great last name. Yeah. And he says, for Arya, sorry, gonna have to go with the easy one. Arya gets the rabbit. I wonder how the others would feel knowing a little girl was a better hunter than they are. <laughs> I mean, the Aww. others can't get rabbits, so they just don't get rabbits. They get didn't they get a deer or something like that later on in the episode? Or yeah, the episode, yeah. Well, the chapter. <laughs> these chapters are much like episodes for reasons we've explained before. No, Arya definitely um, – well, you know what? What I liked about it was that she then got to like double servings on stew or something. She got to have a little bit more stew. And uh, Jacques and Hagar was very grateful. Yes, he was. They're building that relationship up slowly but surely. I'm so glad for that in the show because immediately now it doesn't look like it would be that important um, You know, in, in, in the chapter, reading along in the book. Um, but I'm glad knowing that it was in the TV show – and that it was executed, it gives me more hope to 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 read this, that there's going to be a payoff somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And one other way you can contact us is by heading on over to iTunes and giving us your feedback on this show or on any show you happen to listen to. There are quite a few of them uh, that we've produced now, and uh, you can leave us a review similar to the way Star Kid Wheeler did, who wrote in their title, We Need More Diamond. I'm Ooh. not sure what that's a reference to. 
Dustin Diamond Screech from Saved by the Bell. Oh, God. We, we will do our best to get him on the next episode of Game of Owns. Uh, but Starkid says, one of my favorite podcasts. It's a great podcast from the view of a book fan or a TV show fan. I just think you should have Sam on the show more often and make the Raven section theme be that so Raven. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what are, what are, okay. And Diamond. Oh, I see. Uh, the 15 foot bear is amazing. Uh, you need him on the podcast more often. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable and mention Diamond. to Lady. Lady Olena. <laughs> okay. Bye. Uh, bye. Well, that's good. You know, we like I hearing like suggestions. We mm-hmm. will contact Diamond's handler. Um, <laughs> Opal. <laughs> that makes him sound like a pimp. Um, you know? <laughs> we, we, will, we will contact Diamond's uh, agent. And, Diamond's uh, gigolo, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll figure out if he can uh, if he can participate. All right. Uh, uh, on, and on then the one final review here comes from Istra37, which says, Stop your hodoring. Ooh. Uh, this is the podcast for you with great analysis of both the show and book with humor, but without spoilers. Also, they're friends with Hodor and Sam regularly makes guest appearances. So thank you, Istra. As uh, both Star Kid Wheeler and Istra pointed out in their reviews, nothing less than five stars is acceptable. And they did that by rating the show five stars. Yay! So there you have it. Yes. There you have it. And this wraps up another episode of Game of Owns. Thank you all for joining us. Next chapter is Sir Davos Seaworth. I am proud to report uh, that (laughs) he makes his his first POV appearance in Clash of Kings. Yeah, we got to get on the boat and uh, head on out to uh, Dragonstone. To burn some gods. Should be fun. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be a party. Let's do it. Let's do it. Burn, burn him, God. Burn him. Burn it. Burn it. Uh, goodbye, everybody. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Selena Wilkin. And I'm Mikey Tannenbaum. Visit hypable.com. <laughs> yes. And burn have it. Have a nice Monday. Yeah, my, my fan is on. Racing. <laughs> Poor Selena has been attacked by is birds. The bo- is the is the bird okay? I mean, are you okay? But then also, know. is is I, there? It flew up, so I hope so. But usually, Uh-oh. I mean, that's not good for them, is no. it? No. But it didn't die. You've seen Lost, away. haven't you? Yeah. You no. like that that one with Walt and all the birds start. Yeah. <laughs> birds are generally a bad omen, I believe. Ooh, when they're in your home. It's all because of uh, Hitchcock. Yeah, something to do with that. But yeah.